SAF podcast brings to you the coherent, cohesive, logical, and relevant defense of the Christian worldview. From laymen to experts in the field, everyone can tune in and be equipped. We also aim to introduce to the audience the plethora of work and research done in the field of Christian apologetics in defending the faith and the individuals who further the intellectual cause of Christianity by featuring the greatest minds of the Christian apologetics arena. Well, we are all aware of the COVID-19 situation, right? It has spread across the globe. And in such a small time, it has affected more than 227 countries and territories. No one could ever imagine what such a small virus could cause, right? So hello, friends. We are back again, Jacob and myself, your, co- your hosts and anchors from Saft Apologetics. And today we'll be talking about a question which has struck each and every one of us. I'm sure it has struck, it has come to our mind sometime or the other that should we blame God for COVID-19? Well, before I start, uh, before I ask Jacob to help us with the answer, let me just let you know some of the facts, okay? So COVID-19, it's a virus. It started from a small city in China, Wuhan. And till date, there has been around 4.02 million cases. There has been 69,561 deaths. And around 3.11 million people have recovered. So without any other delay, over to you, Jacob. Uh, well, once again, it's a, a delight to be with you, Piyush. And also, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, we'll be coming in um, on and off again when we have guests and else we'll both be here. Um, so first off, let me just remind everyone that you can subscribe to the channel and keep it tabs of the content that keeps coming out. And if you are following us on uh, the podcasting platforms, do leave a, a review if you like what you listen to. And uh, that can help us reach many more people. And uh, yeah, the your, COVID... feedback, your feedback and comments are really important and we really value them. Yeah. Yes, and, and, and it, it, it inspires us when we see uh, what you think of the work we do. Um, this, this COVID scenario is still on. I mean, when we were recording back in um, May with the guests, there was a sense of hope that by September things would die down, that we would flatten the curves. Um, but as Piyush has mentioned out here, uh, the case, uh, the figures are still exponentially quite high. And uh, I mean, if time and again, if there is a question that has bugged to be a major challenge to the to the proposition of theism, it is undoubtedly the problem of evil. Now, be it the logical or the probability or the experiential problems. Um, what that means is, uh, when we say about the logical problem of evil, we mean uh, the, the trilemma, as it's often put, if God is all-powerful and all-loving and all-knowing, why does God allow evil? Uh, so therefore, God is either not all-loving or not all-powerful or not all-knowing, so he doesn't know what he's doing, he cannot stop it, or he doesn't care enough. That would be the logical problem of evil. The experiential problem of evil would be something that we deal with and we wonder personally, why isn't God helping me out here? Why isn't God delivering me out of this uh, trouble that I'm facing with, and the probability problem of uh, the probability problem of evil is something a bit, uh, arc- not exactly archaic, but it's it's a bit esoteric. It's quite complex, 
it doesn't come up in the general dialogue but it basically asks given this much evil out there in the world the probability that god exists is less so it basically tests around with bayesian probabilities and it's a bit more complex but all three types of the question of evil is very relevant um be if you're someone in scholarly you might be going for the logical or more more on the probability side but uh, if for a common man the experiential and the logical problem of evils are still very relevant so when this covid scenario came on it was another instance for the the atheist the skeptic or the agnostic to ask it again like if god why evil now we had covered with dr clay jones in one of our previous podcast on why does god allow suffering and uh, dr jones has given a very uh, sound and satisfactory answer both from the bible and from philosophy about how to reconcile god and evil but this question of covid has sort of res- resurfaced the problem of evil in a more ex- uh, critical aspect because this has instantly affected all over the world it was not a distant problem that was uh, secluded into one nation or else it is now impacting all over the world you know with nations shut down and locked down and no one's traveling business shut down economies collapsing with all of that it was very much connecting and incorporating everyone into it early it would have been something like um the tsunami striking in japan so that was more mm. relevant and uh, personal to the people in japan than would have been for the people in canada because you know you are not experiencing it you're just hearing about it and then dialoguing on it but covid was very different yes um so let's let's look at it bit by bit um the first part that i would like to focus in on is should we blame god for something that is we are responsible should we blame god for our carelessness when mm. i read about what was happening with with the covid and the virus spreading around that question was something that first popped to my mind and here's what i mean um the covid was brought about by the virus it's it's called the sars cov 2 sars-cov-2 and this is the virus that causes covid 19 and um molecular biologist dr aj roberts she points out that this virus is as we all are now aware is very common in bats and the jump that the virus can make from bats to humans which is a major species leap is very improbable but yet this jump was made i mean this virus is what is commonly seen in bats but here we are all humans affected under it and what is even more um interesting is this is highly improbable because under natural habitat conditions this sort of a jump is not supposed to happen and the only way this can happen is given what we know about human uh, management and human interactions is if we handle our animal markets that are happening in different parts of the world with exotic animals coming in and interacting with different species all kept in a closed unclean environment if it's in that sort of an environment that these sort of species jump can happen well we might think oh, well do we really know is that really the case if only we could have known in some other instance if that happened as it turns out the predecessor of the SARS-CoV-2 virus known as the SARS-CoV virus almost two decades ago made this leap from bats to humans under these similar conditions so about 17 years ago we came to know that such a leap can happen wherein under human mismanagements of these exotic animal markets species that are not supposed to come together in close contact 
ends up coming together in close contact and then this uh, species jump that should not happen ends up happening and as a result these infectious viruses that are supposed to be secluded to one species of the animal kingdom can make their way into higher ranking species which are more prone to be in contact with humans so as it turns out it is not much of a surprise for us given where the virus was originated and the places that are well known for exotic animal markets so to look at it, this is not something that came about in the natural habitat i mean that would be another question the problem of natural evil that is something that we would look in differently but the covid mm. virus spreading and it coming in contact with humans it mainly has to do with human mismanagement like if we, if those involved in the animal markets were a bit more careful and a bit more concerned with the health of the animals and the health of the people interacting with it and a bit more aware of what all goes on in behind these animal interactions then species that should not come in contact could have been prevented from coming in contact and therefore this species jump from bats to other species could have been very easily avoided so what struck me stru- struck me instantly with this is we can come about blaming god for our mismanagement and that's easy for us because we sort of imagine god as someone who is expected to barge in on every human action and iron out and make it perfect it's sort of like a, a, a headmaster or a principal in a school a strict uh, military commander who comes in and dictates everything and makes everything run as he expectedly wants it to be well we we know what free will is and the problem of evil and how free will all comes into play and it's clear for us that god is not going to do that because that is an infringement on our free will and alvin platinger's free will defense makes it very clear why free will is necessary for emotions and attributes like love to f- truly exist so that part is clear for us then why do we keep uh hammering on this point that god has god is somehow responsible for things that we willingly bring upon ourselves so this insight that we get when we look about how these species jump of virus happen uh, sheds a, a huge light on uh, whether this was supposed to happen in the first place so over here like once again we see that uh, the typical human nature that uh, we are not like we don't take our own we don't take responsibility of our own doings but yeah. we feel it easier to blame someone else and especially god in this case about what we did and our carelessness yeah right. so the question which we are focusing on today let me put it in a different way okay is god responsible okay right uh focusing on specifically on is god responsible now this is an interesting take and when i was thinking about this aspect uh of the ter- of the when we use the terminology is god responsible it's a nuanced position it's not i wouldn't say it's in black and white it's sort of a gray area is god responsible yes well how so well in a way is what i mean when a child goes around and misbehaves okay let's assume it's a grown up child assume this is a 25 year old guy growing around and misbehaving whom would we go uh, go to and complain or make an issue with about what the child has misbehaved we're going to we're going to go and talk to the parents obviously even though this is 25 year old grown up child we're going to go and reach out to the parents but mm-hmm. do we hold the parents accountable for what all the child does no because because 
this is 25 year old grown man and let me use an illustration that many of us are very familiar in india if i recall rightly uh, the motor vehicle law is that and if an underage um, if an underage child drives a vehicle and is obviously when it's caught the parents will suffer the penalty and the legal repercussions because the child is underage yes. and is not supposed to drive so there you see directly where the parent is not only responsible but ends up bearing the repercussions for it now if the child is at the 18 age mark and goes and drives a vehicle without a license the parents are not going to face the blunt of the repercussion because the child is mature you know old enough to vote in the legal system so that individual himself or herself would be facing the legal proceedings in a similar fashion um as our father as the one who created us and who oversees us and who is looking after us and is concerned with us god is responsible for what happens with us now keep in mind when i say responsible we are not talking about as in uh, we blame god straight away or anything as such but in the sense that god has his sovereignty over creation and human action because he has providentially ordered our lives we see that in romans 8:28 through 30 and colossians 1 verse 16 now this is because god has a providential ordering that we see in scripture the one that preserves human free will so he is responsible for what happens with us and nothing hammers the point home about god's responsibility and concern with us um Um, much more than Deuteronomy 1.31, which shows how God sticks with the Israelites, the stubborn Israelites, as a loving father. And this concern of God towards mankind is most explicitly seen on the cross. Because here is a God, a father, who is concerned with and is responsible as a responsible father, not someone upon whom everyone puts all the blame. Because, you know, we are talking about grown-up, mature mankind. people who can make this and people who can choose not to do and choose to do but here is a father who is responsible and concerned about his children that he comes down in the form of man the son of god comes down in the form of man and dies on the cross takes upon the penalty of sin upon himself so that all his children might be reconciled up, uh, uh, reconciled to himself through love and through justice so this is a very interesting question when we ask the question is god responsible mm. now like i said he is responsible in one aspect in one aspect of the world but not as in we blame god for everything that happens he is providentially ordering the world through the free will of the humans and that providential aspect is clear throughout scriptures when we read in romans and all god's sovereignty is very clear and also the free will of us to choose to believe and to choose to not believe is clear in scripture and in our practical life free will is not a delusion that itself would be a delusion to think that free will is a delusion um so god maintains that responsibility that he has towards us by sending his son to die on the cross for us so that we may be redeemed but at the same time mm-hmm. we have the responsibility incumbent upon us to stick with life to deal and choose the right decisions as we see come across ourselves so like i said it's a nuanced yeah. position but it's a position that the bible best uh, explains and answers and uh, i would be skeptical to see how other world views would try and answer this in the context especially of of our current situation of covid-19 uh, should we blame god for covid-19 that would be a very interesting thing to look at yeah that's true and 
really this perspective is really amazing at how god is responsible and uh, thank you jacob for sharing and i'm sure that uh, many of our listeners would like you know they'll be uh, asked this question once again and they'll be made to rethink on this um so then like now as we know that uh, there are many nations they're trying to form a vaccine for this virus right so they are trying to yeah. you know form something with which we can overcome this virus and then life can come back to track yes. so i was just thinking that when this virus is like when some nation or some organization finds out the virus finally so should god get the credit for the vaccine or it's the people who get the credit right um now here this is a christian take on the issue because this is often poised towards us saying that um what can religion do in this in, in this instance it's all science that is going to solve the issue religion is useless it's going to be scientists that are, who are going to bring about the change you know the normal scientism naturalism um response to to the christian or the theistic position but here's what i would say I would thank God for the for the vaccine that he find and I would be grateful to the scientists who figured it out because the fact that science can work especially vaccination and these uh, such attempts can work is because we have the aspect of repeatability uh, this this form of consistency in universe for example we have a fire brigades and a uh, a uh, fire force team ready to deploy is because we know that if you pour water onto fire the fire will go off we know that for a fact we know that that happens 100% time if we pour water and the fire doesn't go off then that's a point for us of to inquire and see what's happening there did we pour water did we pour oil that's a point for us to dig into it but there is this aspect of consistency and repeatability binding and ruling across the universe so when when a scientist looks at the vaccine and he figures out the formula to figure it out even before he applies it he has figured out whether it's going to work or not so he has figured out the chemical formulation as such and after it's applied there is that consistency that they expect the vaccine to work in the natural world so whenever that vaccine is applied onto a patient with a particular virus there will be certain effects and there will be certain side effects so this repeatability aspect of nature cannot be explained away by naturalism where it's pure chance where the universe just popped into existence but nothing binded it nothing controls it and we are all um, as dr frank direct uh, puts it quite well moist robots or as a one of the mit uh, professors of robotics said we are a, a bag a, a, a bag of skin of biomolecules if i recall it right so if that is all we are and if that is all nature is how do we expect nature to be repeatable how do we expect nature to be consistent in our outworkings and it is only within a theistic or specifically a christian uh, position that we are able to see the orderliness in the universe and to see a creator design behind it so when i look at a vaccine applying to me and uh, helping me out i am able to see the consistency that is uh, effective in universe as albert einstein pointed out the comprehensibility of the universe the most incomprehensible fact of the universe is its uh, comprehensibility so i would thank god that he has created nature in such an orderly manner that we can discover the cures we can discover 
medicines and vaccines and i would be grateful to the people who work it out out and be grateful for them for their efforts and the initiatives that they take so there is a huge burden on the naturalist to explain away why vaccines work why any human remedies work with everyone under under specific circumstances and it is it isn't just disorderly or full of chaos that you, you apply a vaccine for smallpox and the person ends up getting smallpox that doesn't happen a vaccine for smallpox deals and takes away smallpox why is that why is there a, that orderliness for a naturalist that is a huge burden to explain but for a theist that is well uh, explained and answered in the framework of a creator right right thank you jacob so i hope that all our listeners like got an answer to these questions and we understand that uh, during this crisis there has been a lot happening around there has been a lot of people losing their jobs economy falling and uh, people you know they are left homeless and uh, a lot of struggle is going on but then just remember that uh, god has an amazing plan for us and in the days to come in the future we know that uh, whatever happens he is under control so that is the uh, you know that is what we believe in that is the assurance which we have so thank you for joining in and listening to us today and i hope that you continue to support us you like share and subscribe our podcasts and if you want to support us financially for our content creation then please uh, go ahead and uh, become one of the patron the link is given in the description thank you all for joining in once again and uh, this is ankit and jacob signing off bye bye and we'll catch you in the next one yes